happy post-Thanksgiving. I hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving if you're in America. I hope you took it easy on Black Friday, spent time with your family and your friends, and did your own thing. I realized after the fact that we actually never did an intro. We just pretended as if you guys were watching the movie with us. So this is the Supplemental Series Volume 4. Today we are watching I'm Not There. People are always talking about freedom. Freedom to live a certain way. Of course, the more you live a certain way, the less it feels like freedom. Me? I can change during the course of a day. I wake and I'm one person, and when I go to sleep, I know for certain I'm somebody else. You just want me to say what you want me to say. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Threw the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you... It was really good. I liked it a lot. What an interesting movie. You yeah. told me kind of about it. So I had a little... Like, I knew it was going to be different characters. But still Bob Dylan. Like, different iterations of Bob Dylan. Played by different actors and actresses. Yeah. One, I guess, and actress. True, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. What a fun movie to watch. Um, it did feel like an outsider listening okay. to a bunch of in-jokes. Um, yeah, there were only a few that like you sort of knew, and so we kind of talk about or talk over a little bit. Like You would, you would mention up a few and be like, hey, I do, I know that thing. I know that song. Or that I song, or even the references, yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's one of those things that grows on you and starting this process. It's like you watch this a year from now, two years from now, you'll start to catch up on, especially if we get very specific songs, like uh, especially she's your lover. Now, my God, they they just quoted that song almost throughout the entire movie. So that's one specific song. You know, we, we heard, um, I want you, she's your lover. Now the Beatles, obviously, you know who the Beatles are. So Having them show up was wacky and ridiculous and Hard Day's Nighty, running from Cold the ground. Cold Iron's Bound. Cold Iron's Bound. There was a lot that I recognized that we'd There's covered, a lot. Which is really funny considering we've picked literally random songs, random songs yeah. in less than 50. Yeah. I mean, okay, we've had albums, so that's, I mean, True. that goes in there pretty Yeah, good. but even albums, what if, Rolling Thunder is pretty nice because it gives you a pretty wide array. But otherwise, what, Triplicate doesn't count? You know, it was Planet Waves, there was no Planet Waves, that's not even true, a yeah. single Planet Waves. So I guess Planet Waves is really the only... The only like album album we've listened to that John Wesley Harding. Oh yeah, just yeah. fucking completely. Forgot <laughs> of course, about that. I know. <laughs> no, but that but even John Wesley Harding. You know, we have the Billy the Kid character, which is very right. John Wesley Harding esque. But no, it's all along the Watchtower we got, but it was not oh, Bob's yeah. version of it. It was it wasn't Jimmy's, which I also appreciate appreciated. Sonic Youth covers "I'm Not There," oh. so it's like yeah, you've got. All these big players, and I'm Not There is another song that people, kind of like King of France, they don't know all the words of it, because it's not the greatest recording. But it sounded great on the movie. They definitely, like, God, they revamped that shit. It sounded really good. But it's an unfinished song, and that's wow. it's part of the Basement Tapes lore. It makes me want to learn the guitar well enough to play my version of King of France. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? And you see little Woody Guthrie, and you see right. <laughs> Richard Gere, famous from, uh, you know... Runaway Bride. Sure. And uh, Pretty Woman. Yes. And Gerbil in the Butt. That's right. Mostly famous for that. You you know, even he, when he plays a guitar, 
and if you catch our Instagram, you'll see us going through him in the guitar. It's like <laughs> you just sort of you feel it. You want to be a part of a part of that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I love starting it with with young Woody Guthrie, mm-hmm. and almost being brought down immediately when the woman's like, you know, talking your, you know, singing your own time. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful sentiment that you you kind of get grounded with almost immediately in this in this story and then it skips all over the place yeah it's definitely not linear but also it's telling like a pretty consistent narrative story which is interesting it's just so this movie made me really jealous um because this is like the most fan service you could ever have ever like pick a topic if someone were to take so much time and effort and care and do that to anything you love, like, I would be so yeah. stoked. So, as a Bob Dylan fan, I hope this movie makes you, like, oh, crazy happy. It because because it's so happening. good. Like I, like, I don't know all of the ins and outs, but I, I can tell, the like, the accuracy and, like, the care and the detail. Like, the real devotion to getting it right and to doing the things that, like... You, you, you're. It's all deep cuts. Like you gotta know. Yeah. I mean, not not all of it. Some people would casually know, obviously, but like, you wouldn't. I wouldn't know the narrator saying all the words to this song, or I so wouldn't you, know. You didn't feel that you were like an outcast to this movie. No, because the movie's good. It's fun to watch. Which is like they succeeded. Yeah. The people that put this together really succeeded in uh, making an enjoyable movie to watch with no context. Yeah. And then like, oh my god, exploding the minds of anyone that actually knows what's going on. Like I'm so impressed. So impressed. Just, just knowing the tertiary amount I know (laughs) it's like, that's so fucking cool because like all I can do is, is put it in a context of something that I like. Like I can't imagine if somebody was like, here's a a movie about being a Buffy fan and like, (laughs) just like weird shit, you know, that was just like, the fact that it was as cheeky as it was and that you got like all these motherfucking references Mm -hmm. As, without as, feeling pandering, I think is without yeah. being pandering, and and there's there's great great lines, and we'll get into like critical reception and stuff because I want to kind of quote a couple of people and see what your take is. But yeah, there there are critics out there that are like, this shouldn't have fucking worked. Yeah, and it fucking works because there's so much. Yeah, and I think it's the strength of the, the 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 writing is great, and even taking that stuff and putting it in the context was awesome. The story for what it was worked every moment that you had like pressing on moving over uh you know from what would what would it be christian bale's character's name as i forget them all right off the bat oh i wrote them all down because they made me really happy so there's jude quinn who's kate blanchett right what do you got three who's the little boy yeah jack rollins is jack uh, rollins but you go from jack rollins playing you know pressing on into robbie clark yeah robbie clark was uh, Heath ledger and then we have Richard Gere as Billy the Kid, obviously, yes. but still Bob Dylan. And then, what's his name? Oh, Aaron Jacob Edelstein was his real name. But then Arthur, Arthur Rimbaud was Rimbaud, yeah. was him, but also Bob Dylan. Yeah. Because it's everyone's a, also Bob Dylan. Everyone's all, all Bob Dylan. <laughs> but it's like taking those strands of Bob Dylan's life and bringing it over into all of that. Like, that's really what succeeded for me. It was like 80s Bob Dylan intruding upon 70s Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. which would be Heath Ledger. And then Heath edging upon 60s Dylan, you know? It, like, it was a continuous story all the way through. Six months later, Rollins accepted Jesus into his heart. Today, the one-time 60s folk hero is a fully ordained member of the Gateway Ministry and an active figure in the state's evangelical community. And yet, 
For the past two decades, Father John has remained silent about his past. I asked him why. The old things are passed away. All things are made anew. It doesn't matter what I did before. Well, I've never lied to you. Never told you who to vote for or follow anybody back then when I was selling my records. What I didn't know is that it didn't matter what kind of music you were playing. Folk, pop, and rock and roll were all rolled up in the devil's pocket. Now I'm not talking about a devil with a, with a pitchfork and horns. I'm talking about a spiritual devil at the midnight hour. And he's got to be overcome. Which was really interesting. I don't, that's the part, honestly, for me, if I'm really going to think about it. That probably falls apart a bit. If if I didn't know anything about Bob Dylan, I don't know if I would have understood how all of those pieces fit together. I can see that. That's maybe one of those things that that doesn't quite well. The, the come Christian together. when okay, because Christian Bale comes back, which is weird. So Christian Bale is Bob Dylan self titled, just Woody Guthrie yeah, era yeah, yeah. Bob Dylan, right? But then suddenly we're transported to eighties Bob Dylan, which is is weird in a Christian. Which Bob all Dylan makes night. sense for Bob Dylan's life if we know who Bob Dylan is. But, but he's the only character that plays two different time periods of does. him. Yeah. And, and it, but like, then you also have Heath Ledger playing him in the movie, you know, because he was doing Grand of Sam's right, yeah, movie right, yeah. on his life. So that's, that's happening at the same time, too. So. And I guess I, it's not that hard to follow. But I think if you're not – if you don't know anything about Bob Dylan and you're not giving 100% attention – those are details that really easily fall through the cracks, I think. I think that's the only detriment to the movie, in my opinion, is that if you're not – if you don't know who Bob Dylan is, I don't I don't know if this is 100% for you. I kind of wish we would have watched this before we did the podcast. Yeah. Because that would have been an interesting experience because I think you're right. What yeah. little I know, like seeing uh, Julianne Moore be Joan Baez, I was like, that's Joan Baez? <laughs> right away, you're like the haircut. The haircut. <laughs> and then even when she's like fiddling with the cat and it's yes. just so like – casual and it's bourgeois it's like her. it's just like that's it and i don't, i wouldn't have known that if i no. if we hadn't done this podcast because, yeah. <laughs> because i don't know anything about joe Baez either. Right, i right. know her name only so right like, I but you wouldn't have known but that's like straight out of no direction home like mm-hmm. she was sitting in that exact chair there were cats around <laughs> yeah. everything from no direction home including that and like the other people sitting on the couch talking mm-hmm. about him in his younger days that's no direction home that's the documentary that's yeah, you would have known that. Yeah, totally. It would have gone right over your head. But I'm trying to. I'm trying really hard to put myself. I know. Before I knew the little bit that I know, and I don't know. I would have liked it to be honest. I think I would have. Yeah, felt a little. Why am I doing this? Because yeah. it's pretty art housey. It is a little Wes Anderson sometimes. Well, and that's the thing too. And that's the thing I think that actually kind of weirdly saves it. Whereas if you're a person that does enjoy arty movies that you would might like it on you face would value, like yeah. it at face value even if you didn't know who bob dylan was and you probably won't like it if you don't like if you don't know who bob dylan is and you don't like art movies i right. don't think that you would really care for this for sure i enjoyed this because I, I, to watch you know jim james in the white face from rolling thunder singing going to acapulco in that fucking voice that scene with the ostrich and the man on stilts and the dead that Girl, was like, like an amazing, surreal, surreal, really powerful scene. Yeah. yeah. Like th- that to me, even if you don't know what going to Acapulco is, you, if you've never heard that no. song, they but turn so that into a dirge. Beautiful. And I'm just the same 
so episode like 39, we're going to be doing Ye Heavy and a Bottle of Bread. There was so much basement tape stuff, and that whole thing with going to Acapulco, that's a basement tape song. So that was really that was really powerful. Uh, who's your favorite of all the of all the? Oh tips? my god, Kate Blanchett! Come on now. Yeah, yeah, just incredible, wasn't it? Ah, she's so good. I think the way to be ultimately liberated and free as an artist, which I suppose Dylan absolutely inhabits, is to constantly escape the physical definition. If you look at his various incarnations, I mean, it's quite schizophrenic. And just, it's perfect to cast her as, like, I would never think of that, and I'm so happy whomever cast her or yeah. whoever thought of it to be like, we, Bob Dylan's a kind of a small guy, right? I mean, he yeah. doesn't look like a big person. No, no, especially then, he was, like, razor thin. Yeah, so, like, casting a woman who's, like, in her late 30s, early 40s to place a young man in his, like, early 20s. Yeah. It's just, like, perfect. And she just, her gesticulations were just... <sighs> On amazing point. on point yeah. amazing and it's so believable i think that's what it was like she she felt like 100 percent embodied she is him like just there's no difference it's amazing yeah. that was uncanny i, I like john baez <laughs> <'cause that was laughs> so julia so, moore we love so julia moore it was really cool to see heath ledger again yeah he, he we don't see a lot of heath anymore yeah obviously well i know that but like even his movies they don't really i'm not gonna watch 10 things i hate about you i mean i love that right. movie but it doesn't show up in my life in any way anymore. The Batman, I don't, it was weird while we were watching it. I never, I didn't even piece together that Christian Bale and them. I mean, none of them ever interact with one another, but I didn't even fucking think about it. Like, I wonder if there was any overlap. I mean, I'm sure they all filmed everything separately. Yeah. I mean, that Ben Wickenshaw guy or whatever, who was Arthur, like he just had to put on a nice suit and sit in a room for fucking couple days and just say a bunch of lines oh, yeah, like yeah. he was just, just like being interviewed by the, the government agency or whatever the hell it was like who knows what his story was yeah kate blanchett was definitely my favorite and even like michelle williams showing up in that segment too it was great it looks amazing go, go. and i feel like she doesn't get to play that character like ever her hair was great yeah oh gosh beautiful yeah. yes in fact if you'd like to know it's been complete shit angelina's been missing for four days her cat judy knows who angelina is don't you judy if you're asking if I remember your little pussy, of course I do. <laughs> Charming. She has the sweetest little pussy. You don't count the teeth. Okay, man. Oh, but properly protected. <laughs> that was definitely cool. Well, I heard you also laugh when Lyndon Johnson was on the screen. You know, they made his. They made him say, "The sun is not yellow; it's, it's chicken." chicken. <laughs> And you have no idea. That's, that's actually is that real. Oh yeah, that's in Tombstone Blues with the song that uh, Woody Guthrie was playing with all the people on the porch. Oh, um, Tombstone Blues. That song. Well, John the Baptist, after torturing a thief, looks up at his hero, the Commander in Chief, saying, "Tell me, great hero, but please make it brief. Is there a hole for me to get sick in?" The commander-in-chief answers him while chasing a fly, saying death to all those who would whimper and cry. And dropping a barbell, he points to the sky, saying the sun's not yellow, it's chicken. Mama's in a factory, she... Right in the same. time around was in this Fourth movie. Fourth time around was barely in it. And I caught it and I was like... Ah, that that was song. like... It was like in the background. It was like... A, a, there's a song called a Man in the Long Black Coat. Which is from Oh Mercy, but that. 
Did you ever hear that? Yeah, it was like a, you know, imagine hitting a hitting a guitar riff and and just having it like flange out. Um, they played that every time Billy the Kid was on the goddamn screen. <laughs> I thought they would keep going with it, but he wasn't wearing a long black coat, so I was like, I really hope they don't play it because. I don't want Bob Dylan to be singing about the man in the long black coat when well, see, he's clearly wearing little, a regular like, inside baseball moment. Like that's really cool that you would hear that. Yeah, and, but no one else. I don't know. Oh, what that yeah, is. No. It's just like a little. Like nothing was on action. This yeah. was the most intentional, <laughs> like perfect, detailed thing. I just I love that about yeah. it. I love that who like the people that put this together. I'm sure it wasn't just no, no, no the no, director. No. Obviously, there's a lot of people. I wonder who picked the music specifically. Like, it's not even that. It's the people who did costumes was incredible. Yeah. Everything. Oh my god, so fucking accurate. We had Heath Ledger and uh, and and her. You know, d- recreating the um, freewheeling Bob Dylan cover. cover they yeah. were wearing the same clothes. I mean, it's that attention. To well, detail. and um, doing the pictures with Julianne Moore as Joan Baez and him oh. singing together. Like that looks like a picture from the sixties. It's unreal. It's like, not how a good picture it from the sixties. It is literally. Photograph by photograph, all of those it's photographs, incredible. every Christian Bale moment from him playing in that Mississippi concert, which you did recognize, yeah, because we, I think we've, yeah, we, yeah, it was in the No Direction Home, it was in No Direction Home, yeah, exactly, that shot, shot for shot, that's exactly what was going on. Everyone's doing the same tap in, everyone's wearing the same clothes, um, all the photos, like his albums, where, like the one where he's just like button up, butting, buttoning up his coat. And it's got the freewheeling Jack Rollins or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like that goofy font or whatever. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. That is an alternate photograph from the sessions that produced the, the photo oh. from freewheeling Bob Dylan. So they chose a photo that in this world is the cover of Jack Rollins' photo. Or our first album, the freewheeling. But it's Jack, an alternate. But it's an actual alternate photograph See, that's what of I'm the world. Deep I know. fucking cuts. It's great. Like you have to know <laughs> to get it. And that's so cool. It is so cool. Bob Dylan, Wild West, Halloween Town. It was terrifying yeah. at times. I mean, there was a one like blob character who had like the huge, like weird, puffed out face thing. Face yeah. thing. It was scary, <laughs> but amazing. That's apparently what old school costumes used to be. It's just yeah. weird. And I liked. I liked that. I think a lot. Of, one of the one of the main throughs of this um, of this movie and the reviews of it is the Richard Gere part. So, how did you feel about Richard Gere as Billy the Kid? From what you know, A, about Bob Dylan, which is, you know, slight, if you will, but even of that time period, slight. How do you feel it fits into the movie? Some people feel that is the one thing that's like the bridge too far. Do you um, feel that way? I I could see that because it doesn't seem to fit. But was it Allison, whatever her name is, fake Joan Baez? Uh, oh, God. I think, uh, Fabian, Alice Fabian. Yeah, I think it might be her. that Somebody says like he always thought always admired always thought of himself as Billy the Kid and like so that was it that was the connection that was it it was just like this is how he always thought of himself it's yeah. like the hero the wild west hero the one that stood up and and like in a fantastical world where things <laughs> there are ostriches and everything's so but like I can still be the hero and stand for justice and, yeah like that's I don't and know live I, like a small life and a yeah it's, it's, for me it's like the extension of the Woody Guthrie yeah. moment of his life too that's well, just... why when he met him it was really fun it's like you saved me sir and he was oh like, my oh. god the Woody Guthrie scene was really sad oh yeah oh and my god Blind Willie McTell shout out to the last song of this podcast <laughs> it was incredible so I, I can it see why somebody might be like 
this doesn't make any sense. Why is why yeah. are we in the, the old west? What's going on? If you see ostriches and giraffes and shit, like just go with it. But that's also <laughs> very late in the game. <laughs> that's true. I, but I think the relationship. I that's why I think the praise for for um for Heath Ledger and uh, the girl who played Claire, Charlotte Gainsbourg. She th- that was probably the best thing about the entire movie in terms of just a, a typical movie going experience like i felt their love story like i i could understand from a to z what was going on they met in this diner in 1964 as they said all the dates they were cute we watched them have sex there was obviously a huge amount of chemistry they went out and bought the motorcycle they were riding around they were having fun everything was great and then it got really bad and he's obviously a womanizer he's with multiple women throughout but yet he still has this feeling for her and she still has a feeling for him and then they do things that they do and yet even when he like takes the kids and he's going like trying to be a good dad and there's still that spark like i wish i could be in this car i wish it could be different and maybe he thinks that too it all works like even if you don't know who bob dylan is or who sarah is like, if you were just to show somebody that, I think they would say, oh, you know, that makes sense. By choice, kind of held back from, um, um, uh, you know, fully indulging in, in Dylan's music. For some reason, I feel like I, I kind of stage people and, and artists. And, and uh, you know, like I felt like there was a time in my life where it would make sense for me to crack open the Dylan files and, and become obsessed. And I hadn't reached that time yet, but this film prematurely kind of um you know open open them up you know you're just like this is a love story yay mm-hmm. and then it's like why why are we going around to this weird old man who used to be in runaway bride and like <laughs> what's happening yeah i think that's where the confusing part comes in cuz then yeah you have the the paparazzi who's taking pictures yeah. and and obviously he, he's being super cruel to the people who probably love and respect him and he's being a complete asshole you still get it like you still roll with it because you're listening to what she's saying and you're like, I'm getting information. And then the, the way that he talks to his friend, this dude is detached in a way, but also does consciously kind of know what he's doing, which I think is Bob Dylan. You're starting to understand Bob Dylan. I think if anybody was going to get an entryway into Bob Dylan, Heath Ledger's character is probably the one to do it. I that, really, I, I like that. Um, that seems particular when they're at whatever, like their little lunch thing. Little lunch thing, yeah. And he's being like a fucking terrible sexist jerk yeah women can't Um, write poetry yeah it's just fucking horrible i really like that they put that in the movie yeah totally because it's not a hero worship anything like and i mean kate blanchett's part of it is definitely flawed too but to have that like more modern like we're in the 70s Mm -hmm. he's supposed to have been all through that and like this is this guy like he's a cheater and he's shitty to women and shitty about women and just like he's not a good person no no and I really like that they did that because they could have not. They could have skipped that and just made it like a fun, like, here's this cool person that I really idolize. Well, and another thing that I really appreciated, too, was like, and I think this is true about like all humans in general. And when we start to think about people in like these really big senses, we lose it a little bit. And there's it, what you're saying right there is the thing that you would fear the most from watching from watching a documentary like this is like the doting on the hero, the hero worship mm-hmm. and like. Oh, you know, what caused him to do this? But there's a line at the very end when when Kate Blanchett was like, um, you know, talking about traditional songs. It doesn't really matter, you know, what kind of uh, nasty names people invent for the music. 
that uh, folk music is, is just a word, you know, that I, I can't use anymore. What I'm talking about is, is it's traditional music, right? Which is to say it's a mathematical music, it's, it's uh, based on hexagons. But all these songs about, uh, you know, roses, you know, growing out of people's brains, and uh, lovers who really geese, and swans are turning into angels, I mean, you know, they're not gonna die. They're not folk music songs. You know, they're political songs. You know, they're already dead. I, there's that line in the early, really early in the movie when he's like, don't create anything because you're going to be held to it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And they do that. And I think that's also very telling. And, but I'm glad it was there. I'm glad that was the bad parts were in it. And I'm glad that weird scene at the very end when it's almost inviting your sympathy and then it turns it away was also very telling for me i like that the other moment that makes bob dylan feel really human to me in the movie is also through kate blanchett's betrayal yeah um the the reporter figure that's like kind of dogging him the whole time played by bruce greenwood mm-hmm. um who's in a million movies he he says something i i try to quote it but it was going by so fast i don't remember he says something along the lines of like you care tremendously about nothing at all or you care so much about what other people like whether or not people think you do um and i think that's absolutely true of bob dylan as much as he would pretend and probably say he's that's not that's why i got out of the a, car i was like I'm yeah, out, I'm out yeah. Of this. like that anger yeah. was real and i think that's legitimately how he, that mm. probably happened with him was just like fuck fuck you no 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 no, no you're 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 exposing me too... i don't like this <laughs> yeah i mean i know more about what you do and you don't even have to ask me how or why or anything uh, just by looking you know then you, you'll ever know about me ever I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you, you know, I'm not a folk singer and explain to you why, but you wouldn't really understand. All you could do, you could nod your head. You would nod your head. You could be willing to try. No, I couldn't even be willing to try because it, it, it would be, it's, you know, there's certain things which every, every word, every word has its little letter and big letter. That, that felt really, I don't know, Bob Dylan's such a weird person, like a, a strange figure, and then I'll never know. No one will ever know. Yeah, that and that I think that gets us perfectly to where we want to go. So I want to read a couple of reviews. Roger Ebert, who we know, passed away, but he was still alive when this came out. Uh, he said that uh, the, the film was enjoyable cinematically uh, in that it uh, – but it never really sought to resolve the enigmas of Bob Dylan. Because you uh, can't. Because you can't. So, so he said, quote, coming away from I'm Not There, we have, first of all – Heard some great music. (laughs) Yes. We've seen six gifted actors challenged by playing facets of a complete man. We've seen a daring attempt at biography as collage. We've remained baffled by the Richard Gere cowboy sequence, which doesn't seem to (laughs) know its purpose. And we have been left not one step closer to comprehending Bob Dylan, which is as it should be. Nice. None of this is actually real, and it's all too real but all, yeah, but all of it's also real absolutely it's completely real yeah so it, this is actually um just to kind of pull back a little bit on the movie so this is a 76 percent on rotten tomatoes not the super highest not the lowest um it's got a lot of reviews um so it's not just a few hmm. that sort of deride it or love it um so i think it's pretty fair i think that's about right because i can see people that don't know bob dylan probably wouldn't like this. I, I wouldn't say this is a 99 percenter. It's an, it's a hundred percent for me because I love it. 
I don't know. Like, can you imagine people in your everyday life wanting to watch this? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, that's a hard sell. Um, maybe with you, you know, to, to kind of walk people through it or even just to, like, experience it with them, maybe. But I think it's just a random thing. I think if we watched this uh, before episode one, you're right. It would have been really telling. I don't. I don't think it would have turned out as good as it does after a whole year spending with Bob Dylan, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, I did want to say that Moonshiner is beautiful, yes. and I can't wait to get that song. That was my favorite, like of all the ones that I, I haven't heard yet. Yeah, that was like amazing. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. I was more impressed by that than. Blind, uh, Blind Woman McDonald. Yeah, that's good. No, Moonshiner people consider the best vocal yeah. performance of his ever. So, so that's going to be great. And I wanted to ask you, the whole... in this, It's 1963 in the movie. And Bob Dylan's character, I don't remember. which If it was well, Christian Bale or Kate Blanchett. But he says something along the lines of folk music is the music of like oh, the yeah. system or it's Joe Baez's character talking about that. Like, talking about And that. he didn't want to be part of the system anymore. This would have been probably 65 when he went okay. electric. So, but is that real? Did that happen? To him? I don't Did actually he really have that turn, like turncoat, like fuck, fuck folk music. This is, this is, you think it's your DIY music, but yeah. it's actually the music of the man. And <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't think it says, I don't think it's like that the way we think it today. But he certainly turned his back, yeah. Like, I think some of the stuff that he said was uncomfortable to listen to. But it is Bob Dylan, which is that, you know, when you start when you start philosophizing your life and social scenarios, like, he didn't want to be a part, he didn't want to be pigeonholed into a protest movement or whatever. And like you were saying, Bruce Greenwood was getting to the the core of it, which is like you want people to think you don't care, but you do maybe care or you don't care. I don't know, but you just want people to think you don't. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. We don't actually know. That's the mystery. But but I think there's something to be said about like wanting to make music that's wider than yourself, wider than just political songs. And uh, so, yeah, I I could see him saying that. I don't know exactly where he would have been quoted as saying that but i wouldn't be shocked if that's exactly what he said and i'm sure that's why people turned against him and were anti that didn't get it it's only with 50 plus years hindsight that you can kind of start to see like oh it all kind of makes sense and that's where we were all rolling but i think they did a good job about you know vietnam in the in the movie where they didn't overload you but oftentimes with his music they would put in the bombs falling and, and well, then they would do... I think that was perfect because even with my limited knowledge of Bob Dylan, him and Vietnam are like inextricably linked. Yeah. Like they will always be, especially for people like it, our parents' age. 60s, yeah. Like Bob Dylan and Vietnam are always going to be together. Yeah. And I think that was really important and cool that they kept bringing it Well, up. they said the line too, you know, our marriage was all... We began at the beginning of Vietnam and we ended right, right. before the end. Oh, there was a really cool quote. Um, the longest running war in television history. history. Mm-hmm. That was like, oof. I know. But yes. But I mean, not anymore. But not like, anymore. Ugh. But also kind of, yes, still, because we don't talk about Damn. it anymore. So, and there is no real television history. Yeah. That was in people's homes every single night. That's And that's a 
different than today when we don't do that. And even though we've been in the Middle East since the 90s, it's not a real war. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right? Because we're just doing it from on high. and. But that was... That but it was, a, it was a biting line, yeah. Yeah, I... It's it's hard to, to separate the two. At a certain point, people seem to have a, a distorted, warped view of me. The spokesman of a generation, the conscience of a, this and that and the other. I mean, that, that I could not relate to. I, I just couldn't relate to it. It's ironic, you know, that the way that people viewed you was just the polar opposite of the way you viewed yourself. Isn't that something? So what were your favorites? Like, all of them sort of performed, I think. Yeah, everybody did. Except for Arthur. He didn't do any. He just smoked and stayed in black and white. The rest of them did stuff. What was your favorite performance? Well, I guess guess Robbie didn't. Did he? No, because he's an actor. But he didn't. Yeah, and he didn't sing anything. It was just Christian Bale and Kate Blanchett. Oh, and Woody, Woody did a couple yeah, songs. Right. Um, oh, Richard Gere didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Okay, I guess in my head they kind of all did, but they didn't really. Yeah. There's a lot of Bob Dylan's music, but yeah, only a few of them actually did anything. Weird. Okay. So I don't think I I like I really like the houndstooth jacket suit that Kate Blanchett was wearing during the all like, of her motions too were exactly the way that he was the water sitting there on the piano as she oh, yeah. was singing all so that whole thing on, was probably on. the best yeah for me uh but i'm gonna press it on press it on guy i <laughs> yeah that's like his, the christian period you know even brushing it off last week and you know put like series volume 13 it's great but whatever it's your bag or it's not your bag Pressing on is just that's a powerful fucking song. And Christian Bale, like I don't know, there's just something about that bolo tie, that fucking <laughs> weird fro. It was so Bob Dylan in the '80s. Put an earring on him, like we're good. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So I really love that. I loved even just like the playing to adoring huge crowds, and then you're playing to a little tiny, you know, cafeteria where kids are not even fucking listening. They're just running around, don't even know who's singing. You know. He used to be a you know internationally famous pop star and you know and that wasn't Bob Dylan's life but it's it's still interesting yeah you know because there are moments that I actually didn't bring up and I might as well right here on the bootleg series is really vulnerable because there are moments right at the beginning when he was singing these Christian songs where he actually got into he would do sing-alongs and he you know like the moments in a song you know where they cut the music and mm. he's just like everybody sing with me everybody clap along or looking for claps and there would be like three people clapping in the crowd. And you they don't shy away from it, f- to their credit, on the Bootleg series. It is a weird, empty room of nothing. Of just like Bob Dylan, no music, a couple of claps. And oh, Bob man. Dylan singing over no one else clapping because they're not into it. But isn't that what happened in 65? Isn't that what happened all over? Like Bob is constantly pushing himself to whatever his truth is. Who knows what that is? And putting himself out there, that is admirable. Pressing on. Pressing on. Pressing on.
So it's interesting to have him do that and to be looking or pushing his audience towards something like to interact, but they don't. Yeah. But I'm glad they kept it in there because that was probably one of the most powerful moments. And and I think that sort of segs into, you know, Christian Bale's character, you know, playing this music, this heartfelt music, even if it's only in front of 20 people. And uh, but even there, this is another weird one. But the scene right before that, because we did the Kate Blanchett scene with the. With the the crazy, you know, Lyndon Johnson video room or whatever, you know, where all the video players are playing. Um, There's famous photographs of him holding this really cool cross in the – this would be 66, I assume, probably right before he left for Europe. Um, Really cool cross. And um, he's like holding it. It's really big. It's like the size of his head. So it's like this huge cross. And there's cool photos of like a black cat walking on the ground. He's like striking it and, Hmm. you know, all this kind of cool stuff. And one of the characters in the um, cafeteria scene or whatever you want to call it, the, the church, you know, when they're listening to, to Christian Bale playing right after the scene, he's holding a little cross and that cross is the same. It's just a smaller version of the weird, because it's cut in a weird way huh. that's very distinctive because it's like a rounded top edge and like a weird cut bottom. Yeah, he was definitely holding that cross. Interesting. I, and I we, mean, I noticed somebody holding a cross. cross. But and, if, and if you had just no- noticed before, which you might not have because it went by really quick because there was a moment where there was a bunch of Kate Blanchett's on the screen doing a bunch of stuff, you know, where she's like posing and, and then you'd have Lyndon Johnson cutting mm-hmm. in to say his shit. Um she was holding the big cross. Oh. Yeah, so it was really fun to then go from that scene over to Christian holding the tiny cross. See? Or just a character. I know. Inside shit. I know. So I noticed fun. that. I never noticed that before, so that was really fun. Yeah, it was great. I just loved him, like, fucking around on the motorcycle. He didn't really know what he was doing. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. And then he gets fucking into a car accident with the motorcycle, which we assume still happened. I don't know. Am I a truther about the motorcycle accident? I don't know. I haven't come down. You're on the fence. You don't know if it happened or not. I don't know. I, 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 I kind of believe that he just got scraped up and that he just needed to get the fuck away. Yeah. Like, I believe it happened, but I think it was probably like, he just, you know, maybe got bruised. So you don't deny that he might've like wrecked his bike a little bit, yeah. but the, details and depths of his injuries may have been a little exaggerated. He didn't almost die. Okay. That's that's where Which I'm that's the from. official story. That's the official story. He was on his yeah. his last leg and then he came back. Gotcha. And he's been kicking it ever since. <laughs> Telling the truth. The thing that I found fa- that I find fascinating too is that even after all the stuff we know, you see some of the gospel singers we were talking about that, you know, he ended up, you know, having kids by two of two singers in his band in the 1980s. And obviously Sarah and him have like five kids or something, like a crazy amount of kids. Um, they don't talk. They don't, like, we don't know anything about their lives. These people that he gets in a relationship with, yeah, he doesn't hold up to an ideal that maybe they wanted. But they also don't feel the need to betray what their lives were like. 
and maybe that says something or it doesn't who knows but it's true like you can't get a word out of sarah you can't get a word out of you know the other women either which is kind of crazy yeah Yeah, it's weird because there's a bunch and they're all very protective for whatever reason if it's bob because it's bob dylan who knows why yeah yeah but i find that interesting Especially like at this day and age i wonder why not blow up a spot there's no reason not to yeah I'm sure it's hard to do also when he's such an enigmatic person. And I, that's probably somewhat the point. Yeah. yeah. When you could just wander around and be arrested for being a vagrant, a vagrant. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you own that mansion over there and you've made millions, <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's a weird life. I'm sure he would think the same thing. I think it's always all right to not get those things. I think, you know, I, I, on the one hand, I think people always kind of feel that things are being quoted, even when you don't know what the source is. But more than that, just to have the visuals of something like Eight and a Half be kind of reconceived in this context is says it all, because the visuals speak for themselves. You don't have to necessarily know where they came from to be affected by their power and their, you know, amazing Baroque uh, sensibility, you know. So I just wanted the kind of that almost this the molecular makeup of 60s cinema and the environment that people were surrounded by to be informing all of the visual choices in the movie. It doesn't matter that you get what they are. It means that you're just living through it in and you're exposed to it again in this film. It won a lot of awards. Um, the Venice Film Festival, it was, a, it was a huge winner that night. The Golden Lion, one of the awards you want to get as a movie, premiering a movie, um, it was a nominee for that. So of all the movies in the world in 07, it was a nominee. And it actually came in second place. So it was a special jury prize, which is like the second best film of the year. Uh, Chose I'm Not There, which is kind of nuts. Kate Blanchett, all over the world. She won a Golden Globe for it. She won the Best Actress at the Venice Film Festival. She was nominated for an Academy Award, a BAFTA, um, broadcast film critics. She won the Central Ohio Film Critics Award, nice. uh, Chicago Film Critics Award, the Las Vegas Film Critics Award, New York Film Critics Online, but lost the New York Film Critics Circle, the actual one. <laughs> uh, she won the National Society of Film Critics, the Nielsen Awards for Film. Uh, she was nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award, which is a big one. Uh, she was nominated for Los Angeles Film Critics Independent Spirit Award. She that performance is pretty incredible. Uh, even Marcus uh, Carl Franklin, who played Woody Guthrie, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the Independence Spirit Awards. And Todd Haynes, uh, as we've gone over, he was nominated for the Independent Spirit Awards and won for the Special Jury Prize, which is pretty cool. I think that's great for a Bob Dylan movie, a really enigmatic, enigmatic weird Bob Dylan movie yeah. to be to be that... Um, Celebrated. You'd, you'd think that these uh, you know, traditional music people would, would gather that, that mystery, you know, is a traditional fact. You know, things are also full of mystery. And contradictions. Yeah, contradictions. And chaos. Yeah, it's chaos, clocks, watermelons, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. People actually think I have some kind of uh, fantastic imagination. It gets very uh, lonesome. But uh, traditional music is just uh, it's too unreal to die. 
It doesn't need to be protected. You know, I mean, in that music, it's the only true valid death you can feel today, not for record player. But like everything else in great demand, people try to own it. It has to do with, like, the purity thing. I think it's meaninglessness. It's holy. Everybody knows I'm not a folk singer. Uh, do you want to know? Bob Dylan has actually commented on this movie. On the movie, really? On the movie. Nice. Bob Dylan told Rolling Stone in 2012, he said, quote, Yeah, I thought it was all right. <laughs> Do you think the director was worried that people would understand it or not? I don't think he cared one bit. I just think he wanted to make a good movie. I thought it looked good. And those actors were incredible. <laughs> so not... <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> what do you say about your own life? would it be like to watch something like that i mean as you said before to come full circle to make something as a as a as a fan of something is one thing but i i don't even i personally i couldn't comprehend it but after bob dylan being in the limelight for your entire adult life i mean your entire life really do you think it even like phases him i i didn't really think about that because it's a difference if it, it were something that i were a fan of it would be a fictional character right like Fair, yeah to take buffy for instance right. like i'm not obsessed with sarah michelle geller right but this is bob dylan the person like that would be bizarre to be on the other end of that yeah wow. yeah That's but if you're also in it your whole life do you even see this as anything but like oh that's just a fun little thing and then you move on from it. I mean, I guess that's why he said what he said. Yeah. yeah. Or do you think he even watched it? I mean, to me, that just he says he didn't actually. even watch it. He saw the trailer and was like, yeah, fuck it. Someone this, told this him before actually. that question was asked of him, they made a movie about you, Bob. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I, guess I don't know. I saw the didn't trailer. Didn't somebody was, else try to make one? It was fine. Didn't I do a segment? Didn't I try to make yeah. a movie and no one watched it? It's called Ronaldo and Clara. Oh, God, we have to Which watch we that, too. Need to watch, yeah. Oh, I want to see old Joni. Sad. Alice Fabian. Poor Jim. That was just cruel. Perfect. And perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's great. I think that's something we'll definitely revisit again as we yeah, keep going. Yeah. I would really like to watch it yeah. again. Once I know a little bit more, and I can be like, I understand that reference. It's a nice like end of year thing. Yeah. So I think I think we're 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 setting up some stuff for the future. All right. That's I'm not there. This is episode. This is supplemental series. Volume five. It's volume five. Listen, it's volume five. Volume <laughs> four might not come out for a long time. Who knows? Volume five. This is volume five. We will be back next Monday for episode 39. And then our grand finale, episode 40, is where we end the season. And then we'll be back. Um, I guess we'll announce it here. We'll be back on Christmas Day. We have a special Christmas for you. And then a lot of other goodies. So we'll keep rolling these out in spurts. You have to keep listening to see what we're going to do. We might do. not be picking a song every week because we might not be doing traditional episodes. But that's right. There will be something. There will be something. So we'll see you for episode 39 Ye Heavy and a Bottle of Bread. That's right. From the Basement Tapes. Good night. Bye. Now you stand here expecting. Remember something you forgot to say
But it's a pat on the back, huh? This week it is. But, you know, who's to say how long that's going to last? Well, it's lasted a long time for you. I mean, you're still out here doing these songs, you know, you're still on tour. I do, but I don't take it for granted.